It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me at Sleepy J underscore pregame. And I'm joined here by the golf guru himself, Uncle Dave, better known as Dave Essler. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, here we go again, Uncle Dave, another week, and yet again, another golf tournament. This week, we have the Workday Charity Open in Muirfield, Ohio. But before we get into this week's tournament, let's go back to last week and recap how we did with the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I'll start out with myself here, Uncle Dave, as I gave out some profitable information as I took Doc Redman to go ahead and lead after the first round at 60-1. to And Uncle Dave, much to my surprise, Redman was tied for first round lead that resulted from pretty much what I saw from most of the betters around a 14 to 18 to one payout. So that was pretty awesome. Also gave out Redmond to go ahead and make the cut minus 200 that wager cashed Redmond to go ahead and place in the top 20 just missed as he was tied for 21st. So I missed that one. And I also missed Brant Snedeker top 20. They were my two failed caches, but overall it was actually my best weekend Thanks to Redmond making the cut and cashing that first round long shot ticket. Uncle Dave, how did you end up making out with the uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic? Well, you know, it was almost like the travelers for me. We went into Sunday morning. We had a handful of guys in, in pretty good shape to make top tens, potentially win. But, you know, you, you know, calling the outright winner is just kind of almost a, a long shot. And, you know, that's why they that's why they have such big odds. And I did cash uh, Terrell Hatton plus 300 to finish top five. But after that, uh, most of my guys took the, the back nine swoon on Sunday. Felt pretty good about Hideki cashing the top 10 for me, but bogey the last hole or double bogey to par five. And kind of like your Redmond, I think he finished T11 and and just was out there. So it was a, it was a classic case. We had a couple of, couple of long shots. We had Stewart and we had a couple other guys, I forget, that were really good odds. And and they were there on Sunday morning, but they weren't there on Sunday afternoon. So, you know, we had, uh, I kind of look at it as right church around pew. We had the right guys. We just had them in their own place. Well, from a profit standpoint, Uncle Dave, I'd certainly like to go ahead and do that again for the Workday Charity Open. Now, the PGA Tour and John Deere, they announced in May that this year's John Deere Classic would be replaced by a new event due to the coronavirus. Workday Charity Open is now what we have. This will be the first back-to-back event at Mirfield Village, and it's going to feature seven of the top 15 guys who play in the world. Now, the John Deere Classic is set to actually return next year. Uncle Dave, an interesting twist with back-to-back events at this venue. What are your thoughts with the back-to-back event for these golfers going into this week, knowing that some of these guys are actually going to go ahead and play again next week? Well, it's interesting that there's a lot of the, you know, seven of the top 15 are playing but uh, I believe Bryson is not, and there's several other um, guys that would probably be favored. Uh, I don't think Webb is playing that are going to wait until play in the Memorial next week. And anybody doing handicapping, you know, yes, the courses are the same, but there's a bunch of variables that are going to tweak from week to week. One of them is going to be pin positions, and then they're going to tweak the green speeds. You know, usually – this features a rough that's about four inches, give or take, and and green speeds uh, up on like 13 on the stem meter, which is concrete. Uh, and this week, they're going to have a setup with a lower rough. I mean, low, three and a half inches. That would 
that would do me. In fact, it did me on Saturday. I tried to hit a hybrid out of it, which didn't go too well. And slower green speeds this week, but pin positions that are going to be trickier than what they usually see. Because what the PGA wanted when they when they went to Muirfield, they wanted eight distinct pin positions over the two tournaments. So to do that, they have to keep the speeds of the green down, especially this week. You know, for instance, um, you can't go front left at, at number 10 or front right on number four if you have greens that are 13 plus on the, on the, on the stint meter. So they're not going to quite be the same tournaments. Both tournaments, I think, uh, are still going to be, you know, tee to green and putting like anywhere else. Um, I think it's probably a good idea to have them both have in the same place for, for safety reasons. And uh, I, I am interested to see that uh, who's not playing, basically, because I've already started to work on next week based on that, as a matter of fact. This is something that I was thinking about as you were talking. Do you think that there's any chance that some of these guys, you know, that they just go out and they just look to go ahead and get like a decent practice round under their belt? I'm not saying like they would tank. But it's just like one of those things where they know like the big money, the big tournaments next week. You know, you had a lot of guys who didn't play in the Travelers, a lot of guys who played last week that are going to come into this tournament. Is there any chance that, you know, maybe we're backing guys that just simply just don't have the motivation? Is that ever anything that you've seen before? Is that something that we might be able to expect? You know, I've, I've thought a lot about that, especially with the top name guys, if they're uh, which is why, you know, I might play some top 20s instead of top 10s because I can see a case where, yeah, I mean, obviously, if they're in position to win or top five and, and, and make a, a really nice paycheck, they're not going to back off the gas pedal. You know, but I could see I could see a guy that, you know, well, I, Justin Thomas is the clear favorite, uh, and for good reason, but I could see him if, uh, you know, he's, you know, six or eight shots back on Sunday. And I could see him sort of, I don't want to say going through the motions, but, you know, playing around a little bit, I guess. I mean, I don't know that, that he would admit that, but I think I could see psychologically once some of those guys that are, that are, uh, don't need the money, if you will, would, would easily maybe try a few shots that they might not try or, you know, put the ball somewhere on the green to, to make a putt from where they know the pin's going to be later. You know, I, I I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen, but being able to tell, who will and who won't? Well, that would be something that I think would factor in uh, on head-to-head matchups on Sunday. Perhaps that would be that would be probably to me the uh, thing we could maybe take advantage of. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like you know, if we're betting the first day, it's like all right. Well, well you know, the first day, if those big guys, like you were saying, you know, if they don't start all, all that hot, you know, maybe we look to go ahead and just fade them you know, the next day and the day after, or maybe we just, if we can get them to, you know, maybe not make the cut or something like that. I have a feeling like there will be some advantages, you know, with that second round betting and maybe even going into third, but I think that second round betting might be, you know, where, where we could actually make some decent money. Now the rocket mortgage challenge winner, Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, that guy just absolutely crushed the ball. Now he's not going to be at this event, but Justin Thomas will after taking last week off. Now, despite missing the cut, in the last tournament, the Travelers Championship for Justin Thomas, Uncle Dave, he's going to go off as the eleven to one odds-on favorite from DraftKings. So, do you have any tickets as of right now with Justin Thomas in your pocket? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I'm not going to play him eleven to one to win. Um, I just, 
I just, that's not really enough value for me. And, you know, winning is, you know, winning's not easy. I, you know, the favorite doesn't always do it. Of course, last week he did. Now, you know, I could, I could put him plus 150 in the top 10 and I did. I think that's a reasonable bet. But the margin for error is so slim. You got a few other guys there. You know, Cantley, Rom, Kepka, Hideki are all you know, 13, 14, 17 to 1. So, you know, there's really, um, I mean, he's, he's the favorite for a reason, but uh, he's also the favorite, uh, more prohibitive favorite this week based on, you know, what he's done very recently. So um, I don't find value there in anything but, but maybe a top 10 or, or maybe, maybe fade him in a head-to-head early on. Uh, would be the only way I could use Justin Thomas. So speaking of Thomas and the favorites, you know, I'm probably not going to go ahead and play any favorites again this week. But one of the bigger name guys who's listed near the top of the odds board, Justin Rose, you know, Rose has actually done well at this course, and he's won here uh, at Mirfield in the past. He also has a second-place finish here, a couple top 10s, a top 15. He only missed one cut in the last 10 years, and you got to go back like almost 10 years ago, back to 2011, to actually find a bad placing at this venue for Rose. So I'm going to go ahead, Uncle Dave. I'm going to play Rose top 30 minus 120. I feel pretty confident in that wager. So there's an official pick for myself. I'm going to go ahead, guys. I'm going to take Justin Rose top 30 minus 120. Uncle Dave, we both like to wager in the top 20, top 30 when we do these pods. Any guys that you have lined up right now that you're betting in the top 20, top 30? Um, I haven't, I, you know, top 20s just kind of came on not too long ago. Um, I've got a few guys at the top 10 that I like that you, you could put them top 20, and I probably will. Um, I, I actually like Adam Hadwin at 50 to 1 is probably worth a dollar to win. I got him plus 500 in the top 10. You know, he's, he's, he's 10th in greens and regulation. Again, this is a tee to green course. He's second in sand saves, 35th in birdie average, 35th in scoring. And he made the cut in 10 of 11, and he's had four top 10. So, you know, 50 to 1, I think that's a, a great price on somebody that, uh, you know, you look at who else is 50 to 1 and Hadwin is clearly a better golfer. Uh, and plus 500 to finish top 10, you know, top 20, I would say is almost a lock. Another guy I like top 10 and potentially to win is Byung-Hoon on he's 66 to 1 plus 650 to top 10 and the kid hasn't won on the PGA Tour but he's had three international wins five top 10s this year in 16 events so that's roughly one out of three and he took last week off after four rounds of 69 or better in the Travelers then he was playing really well last fall guys 30th in FedEx Cup points so there's another guy I think is very much so under the radar uh, and at 66 to one, I think is a, is a gift. You know, I can only hope he'd win at that price. You know, we're not going to hit a Doc Redman every week. Uh, but at that price, I, I certainly think a top 10 and a top 20 definitely has some merit. I mean, actually I have a, I have a, a wager here that, that kind of, you know, it's very similar to what I did last week with Redmond, but here's a wager that I really want to make. And if you can find this, and this is for our listeners, if you can find this wager, please let me know. You now I find it fishy that, you know, you can find a ton of wagers right now on Emilio Grillo, but I cannot find him to make or miss the cut. I really like Grillo in this tournament, and I really wanted to go ahead and make a wager on him to go ahead and make the cut. Now, he's been solid here the last four years, and he's definitely an under-the-radar type of guy. Last year at this venue, he finished tied for ninth. 
2018, 23rd, 2017, 39th, and 2016-18th. So he's been in the top 40 the last four years in a row. So since the books are being a little bit shady and not offering Grillo to go ahead and make the cut, which I'd easily unload on, I feel I'm getting a very nice place plus 150 with Grillo to make the top 40. So I'm certainly betting that that's Grillo plus 150 to go ahead and make the top 40. And just because I can't get the bet off on the make the Mr. cut, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fire a pizza bet here at the books. Grillo to go ahead and lead after the first round 90 to 1. Now, he hasn't gone very low with this venue. And according to the lows here, you're probably going to need somewhere around, you know, a 63, 64, 65. And he's had a couple 66 here. But I feel with the way that he's been consistent here and he's, you know, finished in the top 10 here last year, you know, maybe he's improving a little bit. Maybe he'll come in here with some confidence. So I, I have a feeling I'm, you know, I might have a little bit of a shot there with that long shot. Uncle Dave, I did see that Phil is actually in the field and he's done well here. I'm thinking of betting him, you know, maybe to make the cut, maybe around minus 150, 160. Any thoughts on Phil? Or any of the other golfers, you know, have you seen that you like to make or miss the cut? Well, I think Phil is just old. I mean, he's like, I think, a year away from being able to play on the senior tour. And two tournaments ago, when he played, I was pissed at myself after Friday because he did real well. I mean, he was leading or or I think he left around one and was very much up there after round two. And I had seriously considered him at somewhere around 101. But then he fell off on the weekend, and I really wonder if that's just the fact that he's 49. So, you know, if, if I could find a fill to miss the cut, I think I would seriously take that under consideration because, you know, there's a guy, uh, and to miss the cut, I think he's plus 110. So they're begging you to take the yes at minus 150. I think there's a guy that um, kind of fits in that, Mold we talked about a few minutes ago of, you know, unless he fires a 63 on Thursday, is he going to really put all his effort into it? Because, you know, can he play eight rounds back to back anymore? I mean, I just don't see it. So if I was going to do a make make miss, I'd probably take Mickelson to miss at plus 110. You know, one of the things that crossed my mind was one of the things that we talked about before you would probably assume, Uncle Dave, that Phil probably could care less to win this one, that he would rather win the Memorial. And if he takes that approach like we were talking before where, you know, maybe they don't come out as motivated, maybe they don't take, you know, the necessary risks that they need to take to go ahead and get where they need to get. You know, if, if he starts out slow, does he just go through the motion and say, let me just get two rounds here under my belt? I'm glad I talked to you and I asked you that question because, you know, I certainly won't play Phil to go ahead and make the cut. I'm not going to play him the miss either, but the more that I, you know, I listen to you and talk to you about that one, you know, I'm guessing you probably might have talked me off of a, of a potential loser. So guys, before I go ahead and let Uncle Dave fire away with what he has left, I want to give you guys a best bet. And I haven't put given out really any best bets in this pod, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give one to you guys. Stick around. So this best bet is going to be a make. Missed the cut wager. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Ben on to make the cut at minus 159. On has finished well at this venue the last two years. And he puts well at Nicholas Courses according to his Twitter account. 
So he sounded really confident going into this one. So I feel pretty good. And the fact that he's going to be rested, he took last week off. Now, An has had a top nine finish here last year and a second here in 2018. And in 2017, he finished 25th, 2016, 18th. So I feel very, very good that Ben On in this week's tournament will go ahead and make the cut. So, guys, that is my best bet for this podcast. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Ben On to make the cut at minus 159. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus, just like me. Uncle Dave, with that said, the floor is yours. What else do you got left? Oh, quite a bit, but, you know, I can't give it all away. But I will tell you, I have I have a dollar on Leishman at plus 500 to make the top 10. Made the cut in 9 and 11. He's won this year, three top 10s. He was playing really well before the shutdown. Didn't play last week after a bad weekend in the Travelers. A good Thursday, Friday, bad weekend. Underrated there. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, I think people forgot about him after that great show when he had in Harbortown. Uh, plus 450 to make the top 10. He could win it. He's 21st in greens and regulation. That's huge here. He was T5, as I said, to Harbortown. And he had a great three rounds in the Travelers. Only a blow-up Sunday. I think the week off did him good. you got to remember he's only 21. Uh, and if you look at this tournament in general, it's it's definitely a tee to green game here. And the big stat here is going to be shots gained tee to green. And if you just look at the top guys, you know, Rory's number one, he's not playing. Hideki's number two, uh, he's one of the favorites. Sergio's not playing. Justin's four, and he is a favorite. Terrell Hatton's five, not playing. DeChambeau, six, not playing. Cantlay, seventh, big favorite. Uh, I can't discount him. Morikawa, eighth, who I do like. Uh, Finau not playing, screwed me last weekend. So if you're doing your own work, I really think that Tita Green thing is, uh, it's always big, but I think it's bigger this week. Another guy, uh, Rahm is a favorite. He's 16th in Tita Green. So uh, you put that together with driving accuracy and you'll have a pretty good chance at at least having some guys playing on Sunday. And that's what makes it more fun. I mean, you, you know, I hit, I hit Webb at 30 something to one and you hit Redmond at, at 60 to one and you can't expect to hit those every week. It'd be nice, but as long as you can cash a few tickets and, and be in the game on Sunday. And I think if you just really take those two and put them together and find the value for those particular guys, you'll, you'll at least have guys in the game and and maybe make a few bucks on Sunday. And that's all you can really ask for uh, in any given tournament. And I think this week even more so because I keep going back to, you know, unless there's an elite player that's leading, I can almost see this as anyone's game. You know, after sitting and watching the scoreboard and, and watching your Twitter, Uncle Dave, and it's like, you know, you say, you know, you just get a guy in the Sunday and you don't know what's going to happen. And I haven't given out any top tens, or I haven't given out any winners yet. But, you know, I think after I watch this one, the fact that these guys are playing back-to-back, like I just have a good feeling next week maybe I can go ahead and get that guy to Sunday. Maybe I could find that top ten guy uh, because I haven't given one out yet, but I, I, I certainly want to go ahead and, uh, you know, I want to feel that rush like you do when you got guys sitting there, you know, in the top ten, you know, the last couple minutes of, of, of the tournament, so – I'm expecting to go ahead and dig up and do some hard work next week. So I guess I'll see if I could go ahead and, uh, you know, match the golf guru, Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave, you got anything left uh, to go ahead and close out the pod? We need the best. That's why you're here. 
if you look at betting on golf, it's, it's not really different than betting on, on football or basketball or any other sport in that, you know, you think you got it, you don't have it, it's lost. Oh, shit, we're back in it. Oh, damn it, we lost it. Oh, wow, where did he come from? And it all happened so quick. You know, it started for me in Harvard time when Justin Rose missed that three-footer on 18 to, to just get outside the top 10 or – or I've had guys doing it at a top 20 and I'm watching it and, and nobody else gives a shit, but I certainly do when he bogeys the last hole. And, and for me, like Hideki was the quintessential uh, definition of, of let's go up and let's go down all week because uh, last week I had him, I had him to win. I had him top 10 and didn't have him top 20. And he started off, I think Thursday with like a minus one, but he was at one point minus four. And Friday, he fired a minus four, and he, he barely made the cut. He was I think he was minus five right on the cut line, but like seven or eight, nine shots off the lead. But it's like, well, he made the cut. Maybe he can make a charge. Then he goes out Saturday and fires a seven under, and he, I think he's T3, uh, maybe T4 after Saturday. And then Sunday, he starts off with a couple of birdies, and I'm thinking, yeah, maybe he just pulled this out of his ass here. And then he bogeys a do- uh, double bogeys a par five. And he's, then he's T10. I'm going, well, we're going to feel pretty solid about cashing that ticket. And, you know, he was he was late enough in the in the day that I didn't see anybody going past him. But what's he do? He bogeys 18 for no good reason whatsoever and finishes T11. So, you know, that's, that's the way golf goes when you play it. And that's the way golf goes when you bet on it. And it's just like a basketball game. You know, there's runs and there's runs. And some go for you and some go against you. So. It's tough. Well, I'm proud to announce that, uh, you know, I didn't have any bad beats last week. My first one, uh, actually the first three that we had, I had guys like missing putts like you're saying on the last day. And it's like, come on, man, like just don't screw this one up and we're in the money. I don't know. Yeah, I think Redmond actually, Redmond screwed up somehow some way where he ended, where he ended up in the uh, 21st and I needed him for 20. I think he bricked a putt somewhere. Actually, what he did, Uncle Dave, he ended up hitting into the trees on the right-hand side. I think it was on 18 or 17, and he literally had to just go ahead and pluck it out into the fairway. And I'm like, well, there goes that one because he was – I think he was T15 or 14 at the time. I'm like, that's going to screw him. And sure enough, he ended up bogeying the hole. But, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be another event. Hopefully, we go ahead and cash some tickets. I'd like to go ahead and see you uh, cash a long shot like I did last week. Maybe I'll get lucky and I can cash one. So – Uh, With that said, guys, that's our podcast. Hopefully you guys got some information, some solid picks. As always, you guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. And you can find Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Esser. And you can always get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.